Welcome back. This is the soft count. So I've missed a couple uh, pods the last week. I've been going after this job for, I don't know, the better part of two weeks now. They made, they made me do like four interviews. One was a presentation. The presentation is really what kind of ate up a lot of my time. They wanted me to audit a website and, uh, <clears throat> you know, it costs a lot of money. And I, you know, I did it for free in an interview for a job I didn't get. Brutal. I'll tell you this, though, and this is one of my favorite quotes. And, you know, with the Internet these days, people get misquoted all the time. You see some meme with a fucking quote. But I actually saw this person say this. And I don't I'm actually not going to be able to quote it verbatim because but I get the gist of it is the hardest part about success is just how many failures go with one success. And, And Michael Jordan, right? That's a Michael Jordan quote he just talked about how many failures go along with just succeeding one time and that's the hardest part of it all right the resilience can you can you remain resilient while through all these rejections and failures it's really hard anyway i'm back on the pod i want to get more done i'm always going to be here on friday for the fight night pickums i always get that out no matter what we're going to do that early in the in the pod that way those of you that are listening that are just here for the picks We'll uh, we'll get you guys squared away. So, let's do it. First fight of the night is Jessica Pena or Pena, however she likes to say it, against this Emily Jacode girl. She's it's her first fight in the UFC. I never like biting on girls. It's their first fight. She's also the favorite against a woman that's ranked and taller. So I, I'm not in love with that. I'm going to take Jessica at plus 133. I don't like that the odds are so tight on the first fight in the prelims. That always freaks me out. I'm not going hard on this at all. I'm actually probably going to stay away from this fight. I don't like it. it something about it makes me nervous. The Emily girl, she's like 11-6 and six outside the UFC, and she's favorited to, be, to fight like the 14th-ranked woman in her division. I don't know. Not in love with that. <clears throat> Next fight's Dwight Grant. He's... Always awesome. He's favored in this fight, but Dustin Stolzfus looks a lot bigger. It's a pick 'em. It's a plus. Uh, Dustin's plus 102. Grant, he's like minus 105 or something. I'm going to take Dustin. I'm not in love with either. Of the, these first two fights, mark my words, just probably stay away from them. But I'll, that's the way I got it going right now. I got Jessica in one and Dustin in two. The third fight of the night is a. Um, an Asian fighter I'm not super familiar with. He looks really young, and he's really fit. But he's fighting a guy that I've made money on time and time again in Dustin Jacoby. Justin Jacoby at 205 is a fucking mean dude, he's, and he's a kickboxer. He's got a lot of skill. He's plus 107. Give me him. Next fight, I'm taking the favorite. Uh, it's Herbert Burns and Bill Algio. Bill's a, he's been around. He's just been around for a long time. He's a good fighter. He's minus 217. I like it. This next fight's going to be a banger. Jack Shore and Ricky Simone. I like Jack. Jack's undefeated. Ricky Simone's like 13-3. and three, But Jack's minus 152. Give me him, the favorite. This next fight, I was kind of... I was thinking there might be an upset with this Dalsha guy. But I, I'm not seeing it. Puna, uh, Puna Heli. He's just a badass. He's minus 233. He's one of those Hawaiian badasses. Those guys are just impossible to take down. They're just fucking mean. Give me him, minus 233. Misha Tate's minus 217 against Lauren Murphy. I just never have liked Lauren Murphy. She just, just looks a little old for me. I just never, I'm, I'm never about it. I don't, I don't, I'm not in love with it. Misha Tate, minus 217. 
circle this next fight as the fight of the night. Charles Jordan, Air Jordan, Air Jordan, and uh, Shane Burgos. Shane Burgos is the favorite. He is a little bit, he's going to be stronger than Charles. Charles' skill set, though, is awesome. He's got really incredible kicks and punches, and just stand up game is top notch. Shane's a little bit more of a boxer. He's going to be stronger. I don't know. Charles looks like he's in really great shape, and he's another guy that I'm, he's just, I'm on his team. So give me Charles at plus 137. The reason I do that, and people are like, I, it's it's like I'm riding Charles's record. I'm betting on him pretty much every time I see him in the understanding that in the end, he's going to be a fighter that's well over 500, right? He's going to be a fighter with just a couple losses in the end. And so I ride him. He's my guy. Probably shouldn't do this. The next fight is uh, this guy named Sue. I, I'm not even going to try to say his last name against Matt Schnell. Plus money on Matt Schnell a couple of times now. He's plus 200, so I'm going to do it again. Fuck it. Matt Schnell plus 200. <laughs> uh, Li Jing Liang. I just watched this dude get thrown around all the time. He's fighting, finally fighting a smaller fighter in Muslim, but I'm going to take Muslim at minus 161. This Lee dude, I'm just, I'm over him. Amanda Lemos looks, she says it like kind of weird. Limosh. She's fucking badass. Her body's in great shape. I always just see her maul people to death. Give me Amanda at minus 300. I don't see the upset there. The last fight of the night's really interesting. The UFC has not promoted this fight very much. And the odds are a lot tighter than I thought they would be. I thought Brian Ortega might be minus, you know, 250 even couple things you got to ask yourself before the Volkanovsky fight with Brian Ortega he looked amazing and then he had that fight with Volk and that was just a brutal beating he took and you always ask yourself does a guy come back from a fight a loss like that Tony didn't come back from the one with Gaethje Ortega took a really brutal beating in that fight everyone was talking about that being the fight of the year and I'm like man that was like the beating of the year he had one chance where he almost choked him out, but the rest of the fight, like if you look at his face at the end of that fight, he was fucking mangled. Yair. Man, Yair's fast. That's the only problem with Yair that I don't like is he does a bunch of dumb shit where he'll be like, I'm gonna do this fucking spinning cartwheel backflip kick where I land on my back. And it's like, if you do that shit, Brian Ortega's gonna hop on top of you and choke you the fuck out. But on the standing game, I can't. It's hard for me to go against Yair right now. His speed looks unbelievable, and Brian took a beating that I just can't forget. So give me Yair at plus 141 for the upset tonight, tomorrow night. I like Yair. So those are the picks. Let's talk some parlays. One of my first parlays that I like, and they're all on the ticket that I just gave you, but I'm just going to grab three of them that I've always, you know, these three guys I'm pretty sure can get it done. Dustin Jacoby at plus 103. Yair Rodriguez at plus 141, and Charles Jourdain at plus three, uh, 137. Those three things, 100 bucks, get you 11.59. Not bad. Get $1,000 off of 100. That's, <laughs> that's hot. If you're looking to double your money, just want a nice little plus 100 bet that's a little bit deeper, how about take a look at Misha Tate winning by a decision at plus 103. 100 bucks, get you 203. Not bad. We're going to call that the double bet. 
make a little sound bit for that here in the future. Maybe we'll even have it ready by the time I uh, get this going. And then for the wild parlay, I always like to do, I got a three-way. We're going to combine that Misha Tate at plus 103 decision with Yair with a decision, which is plus 380. Or take is hard to get out, so I like that, actually. Plus 380 for a Yair decision. It is a five rounds, but I think he can do it. And then Lemos with a KO at plus 280. I like it. KO, TKO, anything, whatever. 100 bucks gets you about $4,000. 3800 bucks. Not bad. Not bad. So that's our wild parlay. Let's take a look at all the favorites this week. Sorry, you'll hear the mouse as usual as I put this together really fast. All right. So a dollar on all the favorites this week for our dollar uh, our all the favorites bet is going to get you uh, net yeah 195 bucks almost 200 dollars that's pretty good however unlikely <laughs> there's a lot of fights this week if they all happen that would be pretty crazy if you look at the first fight the first fight's on at 11 a.m. that's fucking nuts I mean, it is an East Coast thing, so I guess it. I guess in California it's going to be nighttime, right? Well, it'll be four hours. It'll be like four o'clock. That's fucking crazy. Anyway, that's the fight night pickups. So with everything that happened last week, I didn't really even review the fights from last week's UFC, and I'm not going to because I'm not really. Uh, let's look in the past. Let's look in the future. One of the things that's been popping in the UFC right now is the news with Dana White and how it came out that he is a lobbyist. Shocker. I, I don't know why anybody's shocked by that at all. And the people that are really angry about it, it's just kind of like, you guys just, have you ever watched Succession? Have you ever watched any of these shows with super rich people? It's like not the game we're in. The The regular folks, the, the consumers of the sport, like I just wouldn't even bother with it. Don't even get upset about it. It's not your business. <laughs> it's not anybody's business. And in, in the end, it's like these guys are so powerful and so rich. You can bitch and yell and get on Reddit and cause a scene. And in the end, like it doesn't make any difference at all. It will never make a difference. So just don't even fucking bother with it. As far as the fighters and equal pay and all that shit, like are getting more. Sure. I'm about that. And, you know, but Dana White's not. And so they're going to fight to make sure that they have control because they're the, they're rich people. That's the battle between all of them. When I see how much, you know, a lot of some of these guys are like, wow, some of these guys don't make very much money at all. And it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, the most successful fighters in UFC have made the most amount of money outside. Just like, just like Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is a fucking billionaire, and he's barely made any money out of out of that billion. It's like a pretty small percentage of how much he's made actually golfing. I mean, he's made millions golfing, but he's got a billion dollars. You know, LeBron James, he's a billionaire, and he's made like three hundred million dollars playing basketball. Now that's a lot more than I think even Tiger Woods' money accounts for. But contracts are a lot bigger in the NBA. I'm all about it. Whatever the fighters want to do, and then and of course this is all. At the same time with Dana posting the video of him giving like a <clears throat> some kind of streamer, I don't know, like 250 grand. They're like friends or whatever, you know. I, I don't give a shit. That's his money. Whatever he wants to fucking, if he wants to give some dude 250 grand, like I don't care. If I were a fighter, I still wouldn't care. 
if I were a fighter, I'd be like, man, I need to be friends with fucking Dana White. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, my brain just works totally different. Like, I hate capitalism, but it's where we are. It's like the, the country I'm in. And while I'm here, I just, there's no, it's not going to change based on my thoughts about it, you know? Like, it'll never be equal. So if it's not going to be equal and I'm a fighter in the UFC, I'm going to make sure I'm friends with fucking Dana White and make sure I'm getting fucking paydays and shit. Because not every UFC fighter is broke. And it's not the NBA. Here's where I'll push back on people being upset with Dana White. <clears throat> Nobody that watches UFC is upset with Dana White, for the most part. Americans, by and large, are not the populace watching this sport. And the UFC released those numbers earlier this year. 90% of their viewership is outside of the United States. 90%. So all the people bitching about fighting pay and all that shit on Twitter, like even celebrities and shit, like famous people, the statistics say you guys aren't actually watching. You just get mad about shit. You're just mad about what you find to be unethical or not equal. People just get mad about that thought, you know? And it's like, okay, but you're not actually watching this sport. If you were, there'd be more money from the United States. There'd be a shit ton more money. But that money's not there because 90% of the viewership is outside the United States and the rest of the country is watching for free. Listen, <laughs> the fucking UFC has a problem. They've always had a problem with people illegally watching their sport. It's a pay-per-view event, and a lot of people don't watch it. And so the people that do pay and the people that do watch it, now one, if you look at it, if you were to just like go online and go onto a Reddit feed, you'll find that people aren't paying for pay-per-view in the Middle East to watch UFC. It's just like part of the UFC package. You just get to see everything, which is sweet. Happy for them. And so that's why their viewership is up 90%. If it was just free access to anybody could just watch their events, like you would turn on an NBA game and watch it on regular TV, UFC would be fucking huge. They've tried to get there. They've done it a few times. It just claims to be too violent. And I'm like, man, the most violent thing I see on television is a football tackle sometimes. I saw a couple hits last year where guys get carted out. I never, You never see somebody get carted out in UFC. They're just bloody. I see people get carted out completely unconscious, wonder if they're paralyzed shit in, in the NFL. And, you know, somehow the UFC is more violent just because there's blood. So it's not more violent. The most violent sport you can see is pretty much the NFL. I've never seen anybody almost get paralyzed every weekend. There's somebody that almost gets paralyzed every fucking weekend in the in the NFL, and they don't want you to see it ever. Anyway, Dana White, I, I have no really opinion about him. That's what I have. When people ask me, like, oh, he's a dick, I'm like, I have no idea, man. He just gave his one buddy 250K. He's probably not a dick. He runs a company like a shark and like a fucking viper. If you watch, but that's how anybody that makes it to the top of these companies, that's how they are. And so do I blame him? I mean, now everybody, it, for, it was hilarious. For many, many years, everybody loved Elon Musk. They thought, man, that guy is so, he's so cool. It's like, no, he's a billionaire. And he doesn't want to pay taxes, and now everybody hates him. And now he's like a he's gone right wing because he realizes he lost his fan base on the left, and he's just like spiraling. But he's not because he's still rich, and he just has all the money. He's just it's literally just the perception of him has changed. He's done nothing different. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. These guys are just so rich and powerful. Like I just have no opinion. 
I have no opinion. Because why what why would I? I I can't relate in any way. Fucking Dan White makes like thirty million dollars a year. He's like Roger Goodell. He's making a lot of money, and rightfully so. He's a he, as far as business is concerned, he's you know a genius. There's a few of those guys. I mean that that are just they're fucking sharks and they're geniuses at the same time. You like some of them more than others. You like Mark Cuban. You don't like Dana White. You know, Mark Cuban could pay the guys, that, all the people in the fucking stadium, you know, $80,000 a year if he wanted to. All the people working, the guy fucking doing the toilets, he could pay them all fucking eighty grand a year. He's that rich. But he doesn't, and no one's bitching about it. No one's complaining that it's not equal. So that's where, I, that's where I, my comparisons are. I don't know. I just don't fucking know. NBA's been the most talk on uh, over the summer. The summer league's actually been kind of fun to watch. I've been, I've been watching the games, and then I kind of got curious. I'm like, can I bet on these games? And it's like, yeah, of course you can. And I, it occurred to me, I'm like, wow, this would be like some of these players, they'll just never see the game again. There's a bunch of them, and it'd be like so easy to, to just get to one of these guys. Like, how rigged are these summer league games? Like, I'm... I mean, I bet somebody's talking to these guys, right? There's somebody shaving points in a goddamn summer league game. I think I heard that the NBA is also going to lower the age limit here in the next couple of years so high school kids can come back in. They, they fucking hate college basketball. The NBA and college basketball are not tight. I don't know why. I don't really care either. But, yeah, let high, let high school kids back in. I don't give a shit. The KD, Kyrie Irving trades have died down a little bit mostly because people realize like holy shit to get kevin durant there's only a couple things i mean i mean for real there is literally like one player that a couple players around the league that you would trade for kevin durant or that you would like willingly give up kevin durant for he's still in the top three there's three best players in the nba really it's steph lebron and kd still and people are like what about luca and it's like he's getting there you know, he's up there. It's just those three guys are still just unbelievable. Unbelievable. And it's like if you're the Suns, everyone's like, well, they'll, they'll be able to get him. It's like, how? Unless they're willing to give up Devin Booker, which they're not. The only team that has that, I mean, God, I can't think of another team. I mean, if you're the Golden State doesn't really have. Everyone's like, oh, Golden State's got every, got the stuff to get him. I'm like, do they? I don't want anything on that team except for, like, Steph Curry. The rest of that team, it's like, they're okay. They're not fucking Kevin Durant. I wouldn't want just, like, Jordan Poole and Wiggins and Wiseman and be like, oh, that's that's Kevin Durant. It's like, no, I don't want that. I'd rather take a risk on AD, Anthony Davis. I'd rather trade those two. Everyone's like, oh, Kyrie to the Lakers. And I'm like, man, the Lakers actually have a player that they could trade for Kevin Durant and a pick and a you know just a bunch of other shit, but yeah, they could actually do it because Anthony Davis is a superstar, even though he's been bad the last year. He's better than all the other players I just mentioned, and you have to try to get something back with with like the possibility of it being great. Now they're still talking about the Kyrie to, to the Lakers, and maybe that happens. And they're talking about KD trying to get to Golden State. I just don't see how. I wouldn't take any of that shit. I heard somebody mention the Bulls, and I'm like, yeah. If it's not Zach Levine, don't even call me. 
people are talking about Miami Heat, and it's like, okay, I'm going to give up a couple white dudes and Bam Adebayo. Like, no, I, I don't want that. I've got Kevin Durant. What do you got? Who's your best player? Because that's who I want. I'm going to want your best fucking player. And for the Lakers, their best player, as far as like like career left and trade at, the best thing they've got is Anthony Davis, who, fuck it, I'd trade him. Everybody else is like, I can't give up my best player because they're pretty young for the most part. And so... Yeah, they're finding it's very difficult to trade Kevin Durant, especially after that Rudy Gobert trade where they gave up the farm for him. Which I kind of like, by the way. Rudy Gobert is like seven foot four. That team's going to be fucking weird as fuck, by the way. With him, with Cat, and Anthony Edwards, like that team is going to be gigantic. <laughs> I can't wait. That'll be fun. Um,. Yeah, I think I think overall though Kyrie might be I think those guys might be stuck in in Brooklyn. I don't know. I have no idea. I know that I know that the Westbrook Kyrie thing kind of came up and I just I'm like if I'm the Lakers, I'd be like I'll give you Westbrook, AD and everything. You can keep Kyrie and I want fucking and Kevin Durant. And we'll find fucking minimum contract players to put around LeBron and KD. Fuck it. Like, I'd do it. I wouldn't give a fuck. Haven't been in... Outside of that, I saw they shut down Paolo Banchero. They shut down pretty much all the fun players to watch. I've been watching Chet Atkins. <laughs> Whatever the fuck his name is. Chet Holmgren. Is that his name? Chet Holmgren? I don't know. Chet. He's fucking seven feet tall and rail thin. He actually can handle the ball. That's pretty interesting. He His ball skills... His ball handling skills are, are really good. He can cross people up. He can do some cool things. And he can shoot. But, you know, he went up against like a 6'8", 300-pound kid that was just bulldozing him, going straight to the rack, no problem at all. See ya. I just have a hard time believing, like, even when he goes up against a guy like DeAndre Ayton. Right? Imagine that. It's like, what the fuck is he going to do? He can't get in front of Giannis. Like, you're going to have to get out of the way. You're just a stick. Giannis will send you to the fucking hospital. And everyone's like, well, he's really tough. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. But, you know, he weighs 165 pounds and he's seven feet tall. What the fuck? Start taking some steroids, dude. Get on a TRT plan. I never hear about people getting popped in the NBA for that shit. You're telling me LeBron James is all natural? Get the fuck out of here. They don't give a fuck in the NBA. They want you to be able to jump out of the building. I never hear about people getting busted for PEDs in the NBA. You're telling me that nobody ever does them? They just never have any problems in the NBA? You never hear about it. So if I'm that kid, I mean, look at all these guys that just all of a sudden are huge. They blow up, and it's like the NBA just doesn't give a fuck. So if you're Chet, you better start, better get on that plan, buddy. You ain't going to last 82 games. That's the thing that freaks me out. It's like, can he play with these guys? Sure. But 82 games is a lot. So we'll see. Check back in uh, after the after yeah after the fights tomorrow. Check back in Sunday. I don't believe there's a race this weekend. They're in France next, but Leclerc won last week, which was kind of sweet and unexpected. He was able to hold off Max. He got it done. Can't hate. Lewis is getting faster, by the way. Watch out. 
the season is too far gone from them, but he could create some problems at the top for those two guys while they're fighting, just being a fucking menace, you know, trying to get in there. Getting in there, Lewis. We'll see. I always love Lewis. People that, you know, you can hate me for loving Lewis, whatever. I don't give a shit. I love LeClaire. I love all these guys. I pretty much all the guys on the main teams I really like. Outside of that, I mean, all the fucking bottom feeder teams. I'm trying to think. Is there any driver? I like Kevin Magnuson. I liked Lando for a little bit, but I'm I'm not really into him anymore. He just seems like he's a dick to people, and I don't like that. Everybody loves him, but I, I don't know why. I don't like it. I don't like fake nice. Like Fernando Alonso was never fake nice. He was always a dick, and now he's actually just kind of nice because he's gotten older. And so, I like Fernando as well. Obviously, Sebastian Vettel, love him. He's one of my favorites of all time. So anyway, I'll check back in. Talk to you guys soon. Peace.